My life was planned down to my final breath. I was bonded, heart, body, and soul to my first... No, my second love. Stephanie and I were to finish college and get married once our game of spades to a million had been won. We loved as hard as I fell, but fate made other plans for us. My life was shattered in August of 94. Stephanie took a lover who, by all appearances, was less than me in every way. He had a laugh like a donkey and a gait like a limping giraffe. His eyes were kind, but he wasn't me. And yet, I liked him for loving her in my exile. What was once a path of solidarity had become a path of solitude. Our paths forked. Stephanie's mom, Betty, however, loved me as if I were the son she never had. Betty became the savior of my directionless soul. She would find me wherever I slept. Get in the truck. I need a helper. Gardening was her business. Mowing lawns, raking leaves, and trimming bushes. A dog named Bo sat between us. A battle for inches of bench seat raged between me and the fur beast until we eventually became friends. So many yards made up the miles of walking it was going to take for me to find a new path in life. A few of our stops had clients who would come out to greet us. Hi, would you two like to come in for some coffee? Hey, I brought you some lemonade. I could tell you a story about every single one of them, but for now, I will only tell you about one. Her name was Mrs. Walker. The coincidence in her name and my journey was not missed. Mrs. Walker was thin and pale. She wore a colorful scarf on her head. The ring she wore had tape wrapped around its band so it wouldn't fall off her skeletal fingers. Despite her gaunt appearance, she smiled like the sun. And she also never failed to bring myself and Betty cans of soda, ice cold. Every visit to her yard we spoke. Each talk was a piece of the puzzle that was her life. When I met her, she was facing chemotherapy for the second time. She spoke of her first battle, the remission she enjoyed, and the hair that had returned to her head. Dozens of visits painted a picture of her. I found her battle brave. I found her attitude and positivity to be baffling. My attitude was morose and fatalistic, even though all I faced was a breakup. She became a role model to me without knowing it in this life. One day, near the end of 96, when the leaves were falling and the colors of the earth were changing, I went to work in Mrs. Walker's yard and noticed that the window curtains were drawn tight. I knew in an instant, deep in my soul, that she had left this world. I told Betty of my suspicions, and that day we mowed, raked, and swept without the accompanying story or cold drink. The following week, the curtains were open, and I smiled. At least I smiled until a woman came out to greet us. Hi. It was a Ms. Walker, but not the person I was looking forward to seeing. Her daughter then broke the news to us. Ms. Walker's cancer had returned, and she had decided that enough was enough. Her daughter told her that her mom had decided to live without treatment, and thus without the side effects of chemo, for as long as she had left. She fought two rounds, and made her peace with the inevitable. I stood there tough, but I did not feel strong. I was crying on the inside. There were tears of sadness she was gone, but also something else. That something else was the strength that I didn't have until that moment. I knew my life would end, but it didn't end when I was dumped. It changed direction and became a story that I hadn't planned. Suddenly, I felt okay about being free. Now the spooky part. That same night, while I was sleeping in a pile of blankets on my sister's apartment floor, I had a lucid dream and was visited by a spirit. A woman with long, shiny hair walked up to me and said, Hi. I replied in kind and stood there trying to figure out why she was being so friendly. She looked at me like I should know her, but I just gazed back at her with a confused look on my face. Oh, you don't recognize me. Maybe this will help. 
With that line, she reached up, removed her hair as though she was taking off a costume. In that same moment, her color changed to pale and she lost many pounds. Mrs. Walker? When she smiled, it was the brightness of the sun. I knew it was her. I had no idea you would miss me. I thought you were just my gardener. Didn't realize you'd grown fond of me. Oh, sure I did. I was impressed by your courage facing your illness. I was touched by your kindness bringing us drinks on hot days. I always looked forward to my visit and our short conversations. I know. I know everything now. I wanted to come to you and tell you that I enjoyed meeting you and getting to know you. I also want to give you something. What? What do you want to give me? She smiled and said only one word. Songs. Songs? Mrs. Walker smiled as though she had the punchline to the world's greatest joke. I won't tell you more. I can't tell you more. What I give you is songs, and it will be at the estate sale. With that, she said goodbye and vanished as I woke. The next morning, I was back in the truck negotiating space with Bo, the pushy cattle dog. I told Betty of my dream. She didn't doubt me for a second. I wonder what it is. I, on the other hand, was skeptical. It was probably just a dream. Two weeks later, I was back in the truck with Betty. This will be our last visit to Mrs. Walker's house. The daughter has sold the property and she'll be conducting the estate sale this weekend. When we arrived, Betty went inside to receive the final payment. I didn't want to start mowing the lawn until we could start together. It just felt right to wait so we could do the yard in concert. While I waited, I looked at all the items that Mrs. Walker had owned. All of her earthly belongings were spread out on tables. I remembered the dream and took the minutes I had while the final check was being written to examine her life via things. She had many interests and had amassed a lot of stuff. In my perusing, I looked for songs. I found none. I repeated the word in my head as I searched the items. I passed my hands over everything, hoping to feel a psychic connection. I even went so far as to ask Mrs. Walker to help me find what she told me was mine. I received no response, and so I decided it had all simply been a dream. I shrugged and rolled my eyes. It was silly to think I was on some sort of epic quest. I gave up the supernatural, but I kept looking all the same when, when a book caught my eye. It was Homer's The Odyssey, translated by Alexander Pope, a well-worn paperback copy with pages color-shifted by decades of time. I'd always wanted to read this book. I already knew the story backward and forward. I picked up the book that had no price tag on it and thumbed through it. Betty and the younger Mrs. Walker emerged from the garage. Is everything here part of the estate sale? Yes. I would really like to buy this book. It doesn't have a price tag on it. She started to cry and waved her hand at me. It's yours. Take it. I stood there for a moment, not sure what to do. Betty touched my shoulder. Just take it. She told you in the dream that it was yours. We walked out of the garage together. I looked at the old book. Yeah, she did. But she also said it would be songs. We mowed the yard and made it look really good one last time and then Betty and I left one book heavier. It might have been a month later, I was watching a TV program on ancient Greek history. The Odyssey, of which I had been reading a few pages at a time for the last few weeks, came up. I paid special attention because I was literally reading that particular book. The historian gave the expected review of the story and added a few interesting facts. The telling of epics such as the Iliad and the Odyssey was done verbally, usually from memory. No way could anyone remember every line of this super long book. Such memorization was made possible because the Odyssey was written in poetic verse. 
In the original ancient Greek, the story rhymed, and poetry is much easier to memorize than prose. The historian went on to share the Odyssey was the longest poem in the world, and added one more thing, a thing that would be more interesting to me than any of the facts already shared. Both the Iliad and the Odyssey were referred to as Aidos. In ancient Greek, Aidos is the word for both poem and songs. All poetry was considered song, and therefore, poets were singers. Plural. Singers, plural, songs. I laughed out loud. My soul had been jump-started by a message received from beyond the veil. I knew in that moment my life would be amazing. A line popped into my head from the bard. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. I smiled, turning this epic book in my hand as it all made sense. Mrs. Walker knew everything. She had said so in the dream. She saw my life and gave me a book, an epic book, a sign that I would one day have a story worth reading and telling, a sign that I would have a life worth living when mine seemed to have ended. We all have stories worth living. Go find your songs, sing, dance, create, destroy. Live as the dead wish they had. I know I have. The story of those years is also worth telling, but that, my friends, will be told another day.